Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, welcome to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, and as always, joined today by our co-host, Randy the president of productivity, Angston. So, (laughs) special episode today, guys. We are, we've got a special guest. And the cool thing about this guest is she comes from outside the fitness industry and that's by design. When I met our guest, I was excited because she owns and operates Social Ally Media, which is a full service digital marketing agency and she does a lot of stuff and i got to know her she's actually a member here at pulse fitness which is a double bonus right so i want to welcome our guest natalie spears how are you today hi thank you i am splendid yes splendid today so the cool thing about natalie and why i was so excited to bring her on the show is number one she's a boss chick right so she's got this huge (laughs) operation we'll get into that rocking and rolling super young i don't know if i could share your age sure 32 years old. How many employees? Oh my gosh. A little under 20 at this point. A little under 20. If Just they make the cut. three more or so. Okay. Getting so, up there. So she's rocking and rolling. She's working with some massive companies. I was talking to her yesterday before the show and um, we got we got into kind of what she does. And I think she's going to be a great asset to this show because she's going to bring an outside perspective to social media marketing, some things that uh, gym owners are probably doing wrong like a lot of us are and some (laughs) things that we can do right. So anyways, I'm excited to have you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. And I love Pulse Fitness, by the way. Oh, plug, plug. (laughs) Yeah, I got to plug the man over here. (laughs) So she's here training with us and she's actually right across the street in our same parking lot and runs a, I mean, I got to go to your grand opening, which is super cool. Ribbon cutting, the whole thing. I remember when I did mine, it was nothing like yours because it was just like a couple of friends and family. We snipped the thing. It was like, okay, we got some sandwiches here for oh, everybody. They, th- they threw a party. It, yeah. was, it was it definitely was, a party. It was, a it party. was our ribbon cutting party yep. for Rib- our brand new office. So yeah, ribbon cutting awesome. party. So it was a full bar. You had jugglers, flame. Was that got like a sword swallower, a guy I, on stilts? I've never <laughs> seen a guy on such tall stilts. The guy was just standing in the corner on stilts the whole time. I didn't know what Nobody he was even, doing. I, I thought he was like fake at first. And then he started moving. It was amazing. <laughs> Nuts. Crazy guy. So I put on parties to impress. But <laughs> yeah. what, can, what can I say? And one of the cool things was, remember you had that like mind magician guy yeah he's awesome tell me about that guy with the phone yeah brett barry i mean that guy has to be psychic i don't know how he's doing what he's doing what what happened what does he do with the cell phone oh so he can take your cell phone and he can basically guess what your password your passcode is and then he whispers it into your ear and opens your phone and opens your phone yes yeah he's called a mentalist is that what he's called he is crazy a different level yeah all right so tell us a little bit about your backstory i heard it was kind of uh Interesting one. So tell me about your backstory and how you kind of got into this whole digital marketing world. Yeah, sure. So, oh my gosh. So I was 20 years old at that point. So 12 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, it was before the term social media even existed. 
So at that time, I was working for a local entertainment company here called Steve Levine Entertainment. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys heard of it. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. actually, I'm, oh, in, yeah. I'm in EO, and he's actually the president of EO right oh, now. Cool. So him and I reconnected, which is awesome. So I got my start working for him. And what I my job was, I was the only female club promoter in Scottsdale at this time. Wow. So if we all know Scottsdale and how it's changed. That was when like Axis Radius was there <laughs> and Mist and Swain, yeah, you know, all time. those crazy nightclubs. Yep. <laughs> so my job was to get people in through the doors of these different venues that that we represented. And so I got paid $5 a head for everyone I can get into okay. the door of these venues. So that's cool. I was 20 years old yeah. and I had some opportunity to make some money. Definitely. So yeah. I took that oh, yeah. and I ran with it. So that was when MySpace was the big thing. Yes. And um, so what I did was I taught myself really basic HTML coding. So I went on the back of my MySpace page and I coded it to be this this basically virtual business card where I could send people, they could see all the fun that my friends and I were having, but it wouldn't give away too much personal information. Okay. So I did this and what I did was I coded a data capture widget on there. And so what would happen when someone went to that MySpace page, there'd be there'd be a place for them to put in their name, their phone number, their email. There'd be a drop down as to all the different events mm-hmm. and venues that were coming up. They could select that. Then they could enter in how many people they wanted on the guest list for that whatever uh, night it was. Okay. So what was happening is, so then when they filled that out, it would text message my phone and I'd put them on the list of the coordinating place, right? So what was happening was it was an equal exchange I was getting data and I was getting paid if they showed up, right? Mm-hmm. And then they were getting in for free, saving the $20, $30 cover charge, whatever the case was. Sure. So then I would go out by myself every every weekend's night. I'd just go out by myself and I would get everybody in because I was underage. I couldn't go in and like drink or anything at mm-hmm. this point. So then I would go in and I would just like get everybody in, make sure they're all situated. Then once I did that... I went I went down the line. Everybody waiting in line to get into the club, I would just go collect their phone numbers and collect their phone numbers oh and collect gosh. their phone numbers. So then every every Friday I would send out this mass text message just driving everybody to my MySpace page Pretty to sweet. go and, you know, yeah. opt, opt in and get in for free because they're going out yeah. anyways, right? So so I started to earn a lot of money doing that, which was awesome. And so I saved it all. One day we were in Steve's conference room and like I said, only female, huge, Mm -hmm. huge conference room table, TV on the wall. He pulls up my MySpace page to to everybody and he's kind of like, boys, what are you doing? Look look what Natalie's doing. (laughs) Yes. And so then he made a division in his company called New Media before social media existed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he gave me that position and he gave me a couple interns and I paved the way as to what new media was going to look like for his company and his clients. So I ran that for a couple of years. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I was then approached by two friends and we started a different social media agency. And this was probably... 2009, 2010, I would have to say. And Twitter was actually invented in 2009. So it was around that time frame. So then we started a different social media agency. And because of all of my connections within this entertainment type of hospitality space, that's where we started. And so we started, you know, going to the bar and nightclub convention and promoting there. So we started to gain a really interesting clientele. It was all the big high-end restaurants and nightclubs and bars across the United States and all the big entertainment cities. And so what we were early adopters in the fact that when 
you when when Facebook started, you know, releasing where you didn't we no longer had to have a college email to, to mm-hmm. use Facebook, right? People were starting to use it on a broader standpoint for promotionals for promotions. So we were an early adopter when they created Facebook tabs and you could customize and code on the back end of a Facebook yep, tab, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So for example, one of our clients was like Lavo in New York City. So we'd fly out to Lavo with our video photography crew and we'd go and we'd film an HD virtual tour of that venue. Mm-hmm. Then we'd code it into Facebook. So what would happen when the user hits the Facebook tab, they could basically take their mouse and tour this restaurant and they could click on a table, make a reservation. Wow. They could click on the velvet ropes, sign themselves up for the guest list, nice. et cetera. Nice. So we were doing this across all the big, like I said, entertainment cities in the US. And then we had some different athletes and pop stars as clients. And it was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, so I did that for a couple years or so, I would say. Mm-hmm. I ended up leaving that business because I had a tragedy in my family. My mom unexpectedly passed away. And thanks. So I took a year off of work and I didn't do much. I was basically selling things on eBay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sure. sure. Whatever it takes to make ends meet, right? Yeah. Uh, I started the first golf cart business in Old Town. I had that lasted two weeks and I sold it. Um, So I would do like random things here and there. And so eventually, so keep in mind all this promotion and all this stuff that I did, I saved all that money that I earned. Nice. And so, like I said, took a year off work. After that time, I met some people that inspired me and they really, they lit a fire underneath me and they, and they really got me back into marketing. So at that point, I took all the money I had earned from promotions via MySpace and then I started Social Ally. And that is I completely self-funded the business. I have no debt to this day. I've completely self-funded and grew at grassroots. So I started out of my house, had one employee, had two employees. Then we moved into a tiny little office in a bigger corporate office. And then, yeah, we just kind of grew organically from there. A couple months ago, I moved into this complex where I am here with with Tim. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm literally like in my dream office right now. It's my glass office, 6,000 square foot glass office that I've always dreamt of. We saw it. Oh, yeah. The decorations are like badass. Good for you. (laughs) So here I am. So, yeah, I feel kind of like worthless right now. (laughs) (laughs) So we obviously have not done enough. We haven't done enough. (laughs) You know what's really cool, though? The the thing that I took away from that was you saw the opportunity, the HTML coding. You didn't know it, right? You figured that out on your own. She's super nerdy, but in a cool way. She used it for, obviously, you probably made a ton of money. Like, nobody was doing that. Yeah. Innovation. You're on the kind of the cutting edge of a lot of the stuff. So. Well, I'm glad you're here because maybe we can get yeah. some, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can figure out what's what's coming up soon. So tell take us. Okay, so <clears throat> we've got the we got the new business, grassroots. Obviously, we heard your backstory, which is awesome. I mean, you, you oh, I know, yeah. Like I'm, I moved to Scottsdale in 2008, and I watched all of that transpire. We saw it, at, right? yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so yeah. those clubs, yeah, I was, I've been in those clubs. I was probably on your list somewhere. Right? You're probably part of one of my. I have the same. I, I'm still getting text messages yeah. like showed up on Friday nights. So what? <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, so cool. So we've got the social media agency. You're working with some pretty big clients. I know we talked about the, this that one client, which is amazing. I told Randy mm-hmm. before, and mm-hmm. we won't share that here. But um, 
So take us, what what are you seeing right now in the social media space? Is it trending towards Facebook, away towards what other platforms? Where, where are you seeing it? What's, what's going on? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that it's so different for every type of business and every type of client. Facebook is really great for, you know, the older type of baby boomer Mm-hmm. demographic. They are using Facebook and that is the fastest growing demographic on Facebook, right? As far as millennials go, I mean, I personally still use Facebook over anything, but yep, yep. that's because I want to keep my personal stuff locked down and I'm not trying, you know, I have my friends and family on one Facebook, then I have my public stuff, right? Sure, so I sure. use it more to communicate with friends and family. I personally don't do a lot of social media because it's what I'm like doing all day long. (laughs) So it's like homework to me. So my staff runs my own social media. But um, I would say, like I said, Facebook's more the baby boomer type of generation. Millennials are really residing heavily on Instagram. That's the that's the fastest growing you know, channel at this point, Instagram mm-hmm. stories are are like the cat's Everything. meow right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Snapchat goes, people are still using it, but it's really not as prevalent as Instagram is. Instagram stories kind of took over that, that, that Snapchat yep. space, right? And then you look at YouTube and I feel like YouTube is the most underutilized social media platform that can really have the most benefit in the ends because when you start to gain a user base and subscriber base on YouTube and viewership, you can really monetize that and make decent money yep. off of that, views, right? right? So that's something we actually just hired a YouTube guru yesterday. That's our newest, nice, newest nice. employee. Yeah, and so YouTube's the second largest search engine in the world. So mm-hmm. that is, that's a piece of advice, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Step up <laughs> you your go. YouTube game and we can kind of get into more of that later. But like I said, there's a there's there's a time and there's a place for every different social platform. Mm-hmm. You look at Pinterest, and Pinterest is very highly educated, mostly women with a higher salary, a household salary, yep, sure. right? So LinkedIn is a database of professionals for for professionals, right? But yep. I will say that LinkedIn is a goldmine if you know how to use it right. We're jumping on it. We're yeah. on oh, yeah. it right now. It's another kicker for well, especially for business to business. I see that being a huge piece. Um, but think about your clients, guys. Think about the people in your gym. They're professionals. At least the ones that you really want in your gym are high-end professionals. That's where they're hanging out. That's where they're at. That's where their eyeballs are at. So, yeah, putting your message there makes a lot of sense, right? Right, yeah. So we have a whole prospecting process that we do on LinkedIn with this certain type of software that I had built. Um, and so when you think of LinkedIn, you can really – start to strategically bypass gatekeepers and go to a decision maker. Mm -hmm. If you think outside the box, think about your audience and where they're living, what they're engaging with. And LinkedIn is really awesome for that. Yeah. Smart. Very smart. Smart cookie here. See, see, that's why we brought her in guys. (laughs) You know, I know that uh, you get to hear me and Randy all the time and that's great and everything. And we've gotten a lot of great feedback, but let's, let's, let's bring it outside the industry. Let's okay. So tell us some of the industries you are working in right now. Yeah. So the thing about social media, the the awesome thing about social media is that it is applicable to every business. I don't care who you are, what industry you're in. It doesn't matter. Social media is applicable to you because it's your face. It's people are going to look you up. And the way that Google ranks algorithmically is all based on authoritative content, which means your social media content, right? So any business is going to want to populate on a Google search query, mm-hmm. right? And yep. by the way, there's 40,000 Google searches every one minute. Wrap wrap your brain around that real quick. Oh, there's another 40,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yes. So be there. 
Okay, so every single business can benefit. We obviously talk to gym owners, right? So mom and pop, like a gym like this, right? So this is typically our listener base. I mean, there's some that have a franchise, some that are just starting out, some that don't even have a uh, facility yet, right? They're, They're trainers looking to grow into the business. So let's talk about, let's go the opposite way. Let's talk about mistakes people that you see, I mean, cause you're scrolling all day, right? You're kind of on there and I see it too. What are you seeing? Like the biggest mistakes are when it comes to at least mom and pop, let's talk about gyms in specific, but any small business out there using social media the wrong way. Yeah. I think that first it starts with having realistic expectations mm-hmm. about social media. Okay. Once you can set those expectations and really put your mind around the fact that I'm going to have a social media presence, but it's not going to start generating me sales tomorrow. <laughs> it's it's a long-term build, building your community, building value, building rapport with those you know who you would like to be your audience, right? Um, but I would say the most common mistakes that I see is people just kind of haphazardly posting. They have no consistency. They have no strategy. They have no plan. So a lot of times what's, what happens is in a small business – you know, they have their their web designer and they automatically make that person in, char- in charge of social media, yep. which which I understand. I totally get why people can do that because it's the easy way to turn. But at the end of the day, they are not a subject matter expert at social mm-hmm. media. They are a subject matter expert at web design, right, which are two completely different worlds. Um, and so when it comes to common mistakes, Like I said, the number one thing you can do is have a really consistent strategy. Consistency is key when you're building any type of social media presence and then have a plan. So don't be boring. (laughs) (laughs) We really want to think outside of the box because constantly we're inundated with so many Mm. videos, with ads, with billboards, everything. Our mind is constantly, you know, it's constantly consumed by all these different things that are thrown at us on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so when you start to form and start to put thoughtful plans in place about how you can be different, what makes you unique, what is your differentiators, when you start to think through those, you'll start to come up with really great ideas. And the one word, the one phrase I can leave you with is visual disruption. disruption. Think about how you can visually disrupt your newsfeed or your timeline, what is going to make someone stop scrolling their thumb and actually look at what you're posting? And if it's exciting enough, they mm-hmm. will stop and they will listen to your message. So it's really about creating this marketing strategy and plan that is really going to set you up and differentiate you from all the other noise that yes. we see all day long. So be different. Now, would you say just throwing out a, a picture that has nothing to do with your business because it's crazy and it's like, what the heck is this? Is a good play? No. So specifically, I'll kind of relate that to Instagram. So when someone makes a decision to follow someone's a business Instagram account, not personal because friends follow friends and family for their own reasons, right? But when they make a decision to follow a brand or a business, they are making that decision based on what that business is going to be talking about, right? So for example, I recently got into celery juicing, right? So Celery juicing. <laughs> so I juice celery every morning. Mm. 
So I follow <laughs> negative calories. Yeah, that's all, yeah. <laughs> negative calories. I, it's been really good for me. <laughs> so, okay. for example, I follow this guy called the Medical Medium. He's the guy who you know pushes out all this celery juice type of content and, and all this stuff. So when you go and I and I followed Medical Medium for a very specific reason, okay. I'm following him for his celery juice health tips and his health-related testimonials and advice, et cetera. Okay. Okay, so if Medical Medium posts a selfie of himself, all of a sudden, people become uninterested because they are following a Instagram account for a very specific reason. Got it. Right? We don't care about your selfies or your food. We want to know the value that you're going to bring well, us as a consumer. I would totally agree with that. I would tell you in the fitness space, it's almost the opposite going on. Oh, it's, well. it's 100%. Look at me. Look how jacked I am. And all day, pictures of me working out, pictures that, of me. But that's a different thing because in the fitness space, it's very based on appearance and mm -hmm. people. You know, that's a lot of it. Obviously, there's other many other benefits of, of fitness, but at the end of the day, People can relate that back to their appearance, yep. so it sure. makes sense makes when sense they're there. when they're posting. There. So there's an appropriate, you know, there's an appropriate time and place for everything. Yep. But the whole point is consistency is key. Got it. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability, and that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. Yeah, we, I mean, we talk about a lot with content, making sure that your content is on point, it's on brand, you're bringing out the message of what makes you unique. You're creating that yourself as a resident expert. And so, like you said, people are coming to you and to your page for that message. Yep. Makes a lot of sense though. I mean, I would, I don't know if I'd be turned off if somebody did something... Mm, less business and more, you know, personal, but I, I, t I totally understand the message of like congruency throughout and having a consistent message. Yep. And, and another thing on that note. So I think a really, another really common mistake I see is people don't, they start these social media plans and strategies, but then they have no KPIs. They have no data that they're monitoring. So they can't tell you whether their social media is fruitful or not right so mm -hmm. so so oops drop my shoe <laughs> <laughs> well leave it leave it go on without me so the number one thing too that's super important is all these social media platforms facebook instagram twitter youtube they all have native data analytics so for someone to not pay attention to that 
when they're executing on a social strategy, they're doing themselves a huge disservice. So what I mean by that is we have our audience base, we have our fans, we have people engaging with us, right? So when we're posting content and it's not getting engagement, it's not getting impressions, it's not getting comments, that's telling us something. That's indicating that the audience isn't really resonating with what we're posting, right? Right. Which is which is bad news. We don't want to be in that spot. Sure. So when I say monitoring data, monitor your data. If the data is showing that the, the content that you're posting is not being consumed by your consumer, you need to pivot your strategy. Got right? it. Makes sense. KPIs are absolutely important. And you're looking at obviously likes, shares, reach, impressions. Yes. It's going to be basically dependent upon whatever your goal is. So sure. or the way that you measure organic social media content is completely different than paid, right? right. So right. yes, it's Now, relative. do you recommend, and I'll get into the content piece again, do you recommend having a call to action on every single thing that you post? So definitely not. Call to, having call to actions on, on everything is going to do you actually a huge disservice. I say this for many different reasons. I think that having a full-fledged social media plan is important. You can, you have to build the foundation before you can build the house, right? So an organic strategy is just that. It's organic. It's about building value. It's about building rapport with your fans and audience. You want to make them trust you before you start pushing sales on them. If you start pushing content with a call to action that is not building value, like, you know, come buy, for, come buy my membership or mm-hmm. come buy my product <laughs> or come buy my service. Buy my shit. Buy my shit. Yeah. yeah. We so, talk about this all right. Buy my shit. And so, so if you're doing that constantly, you are turning people off. That mm-hmm. is the worst thing that you can do. So you need to start off slow. You need to ease them into it. You somehow need to give them value. So there's many ways to provide value. You can provide value through weekly video tips or just cool content or you can provide them some sort of ebook or the recipes or there's a million mm-hmm. things that you can provide them and then what happens is that starts to they start to use those things that you provide them and that starts to build value and they start to remember you and you start to stay top of mind for them so then when you start to introduce maybe one post a week with a call to action, then it's appropriate. When you start to introduce remarketing ads or paid ads, then it's appropriate because you've built your audience and you've built a relationship with them. You've warmed them up before you go in for the sale. I'm glad you said that because it's really exactly what we talk about. We talk about this whole content to client conversion process, and that's exactly what we talk about. So give value, give value, give value, then ask, right? So using retargeting, the people that are consuming your content, right. obviously they have interest in what you have to offer. Now it's appropriate to go ahead and offer them. So I just did the, this is this we talked about mm-hmm. in the uh, mastermind over the weekend. So props to Jason Phillips, a great group out there. We, uh, we did a little discussion about this exact thing. And a lot of times gym owners get stuck on, well, what do I produce? And you can think of a million things, but when you're in the business, it's just normal. Like this is every day. Everybody should know this stuff. And that's the problem. We get stuck in our own heads and we don't look at what maybe the consumer wants to be listening to. So think about So this is a good tip for you. On the gym floor, trainers, gym owners, your clients are asking you stuff. Hey, why am I doing this workout? Hey, what shoes should I wear? Hey, what should I do to build my glutes? Uh, uh, these are all perfect topics to create video right. content mm-hmm. about, right? These are your consumers asking you for information. Give it to them. Give it to them, right? 
And, and then when it's appropriate, yes, people after they consume your product, boom, start hitting them with some offers. Tim and I, especially in the fitness realm, you know, we've always, everyone's so big on education, being the most educated trainer available. Like you talked about, you have to bring it to the level of the consumer though. Perceived value is something that we talk about consistently. Quite often, like Tim was saying, we're too close to the problem. So remember that when you do deliver that message, make it in a, in a way that resonates with your audience doesn't make you sound like you know too informed or too educated great point. because at the end of the day you want those people engaging in that content mm -hmm. if it's not relevant and if it doesn't make sense to them they're not going to stick around it's yeah. a great point because some of the stuff in trainer world it gets a little scientific it, too mean, much yeah too much it's techno babble it's too much right we had a, a video come through from one of our clients and it was about the in-body scale and he started talking about extracellular water and you know it was just too much and he was talking about the bioimpedance happening in the current and the, but no man no no they just want to know body fat lean mass what's the difference how many calories am i burning right and just take it down a level so uh, yeah don't don't go over the top and try to be that guy or girl that's like hey look at me i'm super smart well i mean and again up. is it is it business to business is it business to consumer you know, if you're out there and you're trying to educate other business owners or educate, you know, other trainers, that's where that, that relevant or that topic is relevant. Sure. But if you're out there trying to sell to your average consumer, it's way over their head. They don't care about the rotational mass created, but you know, like, <laughs> it, they want to look at naked bottom line, right? Yeah. And help them do that. Yep. So, Listen to your consumer. Yep. Yeah. So that's a great <laughs> I point. I agree with you. Yeah. And, and you've got your consumers in front of you guys, gym owners, you're working with your clients every single day. Just listen to what they're asking you and then create the content based on those questions. Yeah. And you can even post, post on your social media. I mean, Instagram stories has built in quizzes, surveys, yeah, yeah. Survey, yep. you know, the best thing you can do is listen to your consumer, then monitor the data. <laughs> monitor the data. So, right. Going back to the data. Well, you know what? Screw the data. We know what but we know what the data is. Let's talk about shooting videos in general. Mm -hmm. Now, there's sometimes people get stuck on wanting to be too perfect or or they're the opposite. They're completely unprofessional. Where's the happy medium and where you know, take it from the gym owner, not not big corporate media. I'm talking about, you know, Joe's gym down the street looking to get more clients. He's in his gym, he's got his iPhone. What should he do? Yeah, that's a great question. So I get that question a lot. So it's this fine line. People don't know when to do a very well-produced video or just shoot it on your phone. The fact of the matter is that people want real, right? So they, there you go. So people want real. They want to see what a day in the life looks like. They want to see real, authentic, raw footage. Like they don't want this cut up, perfect presentation, right? Because mm -hmm. Being real and authentic makes you relatable. It mm -hmm. humanizes you and it humanizes your business. People can very easily relate to it. And so when you're posting, for example, when gyms are posting content, it would be kind of odd if they had this amazing, well-produced commercial style, you know, content being disseminated every day. Your average, you know, gym goer consumer is not going to be able to relate to that because they don't have the ability or know-how to be able to do the same thing, right? So our iPhones, they shoot amazing mm -hmm. video these mm -hmm. days, right? Yep. So there's a lot that you can do. You can even edit it right from your phone. And Perfect. so I think that when it comes to video, yes, there's a time and there's a place. You need to be real for your social media content. You need to utilize Instagram stories, get in there and start talking, giving value. Now, when it comes to 
creating a well-produced video, there's an appropriate place and time for that. So if we were to take Pulse Fitness and we wanted to do some type of video for our website where it's showcasing our gym and showcasing all of our awesome trainers or whatever the case is, that then would make sense yep, to sure. create this, this beautiful production because it's going to be on your website and your website is trying to gain clientele, right? So when you can show off your facility and your staff in that way, it becomes applicable. Social media is on a level of relating with a consumer, right? So that's appropriate to do the more real, authentic type of phone shooting. Yep. Great point. Great point. Do you think more is better sometimes? Or, you know, am I thinking about that wrong? Because everybody's like, just get out there, do it. Just stop. Don't think too hard. Just get out there and just shoot videos. What if the what if it sucks? What if it's crappy content? Or is it just better to be there? Because, you know, more is better. What do you think about that? Well, if it sucks, it sucks, <laughs> if it, sucks. sucks it sucks, you should probably reshoot it. <laughs> but the, oftentimes we're a little bit hard on ourselves, mm -hmm. right? I mean, for myself, I know that I've been on a lot of different podcasts and a lot of different video interviews and I've done it all. I've done where I've written myself an entire script and I've done this type of style where I'm just going off the cuff, right? And I have a few bullet points I want to hit on a piece of paper. And so mm -hmm. I think that, you know, people need to... Just they need to be, you know, your story, right? You know what you want to talk about. You need to just like get used to being in front of the camera and start to practice in the mirror. I don't know. You know, start <laughs> yeah, yeah. use Instagram stories to your advantage because that's a really good starting point. They disappear after 24 hours, right? Start <laughs> yeah, practicing and asking your friends, you know, what they want to hear and what content that they want to they want to, you know, consume from you and start to get used to it. Because I will tell you that we're we're very involved with Facebook just because of the ad money that some of my clients spent. So we're considered an emerging disruptor there. So I go to headquarters all the time. And by 2020, they are saying that everything is going to be favored and everything's going to video. And alg algorithmically, the way that you rank on a Facebook newsfeed is going to be favored. Video is going to be favored. Everything's moving to video. And so if you can't start practicing and getting comfortable in front of the camera and getting comfortable being real and getting comfortable of giving people value, that's going to be hurtful for your business. Right. And so that's something that you really need to put some some thoughtfulness into and start taking right. into consideration. Pro tip. Did you hear it? Everything's mm -hmm. moving to video. We kind of knew that, but now she's uh, she's giving us the inside secret scoop from the uh, yeah. HQ, F FBHQ. Look at you. Yep. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. Okay, so one of the things that we like to do here is, uh, you've seen those branded, framed like uh, videos where the video and all the like The, the meme style, yeah. Meme, so, meme style, right. perfect. Call yeah. whatever you We really like that because it can yeah. you can you can position that the color brand, you can put the logo, it's the same thing every time. Obviously the topics are different. Does, should somebody spend a lot of, we like it, but from our podcast listeners is something that they should really pay attention to the brand look and feel of the videos or just raw depends. So I think again, it goes back to application where you're using it. Mm -hmm. um, I think when such as this instance, when you're going to promote a podcast show and yep. you use this video meme style, that is predictable content and people tune in for that content on a weekly, biweekly basis, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So when you start to use that meme style, that is a template and that's easy to start to move and use moving forward. So 
yes, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not staying on brand and staying consistent. So the best way to become recognizable and identifiable is to constantly use your brand colors, use mm-hmm. your watermark, and people know what to expect. And mm-hmm. so when they know what to expect, they start tuning in because the amazing value you're yes. providing them. Perfect. You know, you're going to stay top of mind. They're going to recognize you because of these assets that you keep using, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's 100% great to do. But like I said, it goes to application of it. So when you – Instagram stories is a different type of application. Yep. That's more of the real – you're just talking to right. your fans. Whereas the timeline, you know, that lasts forever and you're promoting and you need to stay on brands. That Perfect. would be my advice. That's great good. way of putting it. Yeah, yep. great way of putting it. Stories mm-hmm. go raw and, you know, other video – production that's going to be out there for a while let, let it be in, on brand cool well all right i mean tons of great info any um you know everybody's thinking about how can i get more clients in how can i i mean we talk about the content to client conversion like if you ask if you go to any seminar and you were to poll the audience of fitness professionals what's the number one need in your business? It's always more clients, like period, <laughs> yeah. right? And it's just like, if I could snap my finger and more clients would show up, wouldn't that be great, right? right? And that's all really what happens. We we go well beyond that. Like, okay, you wouldn't need so many clients if you were keeping the ones that you had happy and you were getting referrals internally and keeping everybody long-term. But the, re- the reality is you can't keep everybody forever. Mm-hmm. People move, people right. die, people, you know, whatever. They, they get hurt or they have surgery and they're gone. So, all right. So the big thing is we want more clients. Give us nutshell strategy, maybe, you know, using video, direct response, yeah. any type of things you can offer there. So this is applicable to everybody because I think everybody could say that they, they want more clients, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. So I'll use some examples. So for Social Ally, I've never marketed my business ever, not once. And so we just started doing our own social media probably like a month ago. The mechanic always (laughs) has the worst car in the garage, guys. It's very true because Uh we're so focused on our clients, right? So that just is what it is. But I will say that my website has generated organic leads because of my Google business testimonials, the reviews that people leave. So I think the number one important thing that someone can do is have their customers or clients, whatever, have them leave reviews on their Google Plus page, on their Google Business page, Mm -hmm. sorry. So why that's important is for a couple reasons. So for me, for example, so we have like 30 Google reviews. And so when someone is in this vicinity of, you know, X mile radius of our office and they Google social media agency or social media marketing, we pop up first purely because of the fact of our Google testimonials, right? Mm -hmm. And so when Mm -hmm. people are researching businesses, they're looking at your social. So 92% of people turn to social media for you know other for pure recommendation purposes okay. so people are researching you on the internet before they make the emotional decision to come purchase whatever your product of or course. service is course, right yep. so when you can see those real pure recommendations from people of like mind mm-hmm. that puts a lot of um there's a lot of credence behind that. Yeah, and and comfort. It, and it, social yeah, proof. It's, other people have done it before it's me. Social proof, right? So gym owners, Google reviews. Boom. Boom. Yeah. So that's a very, very easy thing that you can yep. do right away. I mean, 
I'm sure Tim can walk out here into his gym and ask someone to leave a review, and it's done in three minutes. We've hey, we've Nat- done Natalie, it on we've done it on video. You, you leave me a review. I will definitely <laughs> leave your review only if you leave me a review. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. See, yeah, no, we did we this did exact it? thing, guys. Yeah. You're having trouble getting reviews, and and again, I'm not the best at everything, but I just said, you know what? Let me just walk out here on camera, cold. Walked up to a client. He videotaped me got the review right there yeah. just because i asked you and, know and, and some of it comes back to just i think content video people being in front of a camera it it's all like you're a gym owner this is business this is an aspect of your business if you're uncomfortable with it you have to get comfortable yep. um like you know like we've been mentioning that's the trend that's the way things are going and if you're if you're not in front of the eight ball you're going to be stuck yep, everyone exactly. else is just going to continue mm-hmm. you know creating that distance but the reason that we did it on video was because we had clients telling us that they can't get video reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, we just did it. We literally got up out of our office, filmed the whole thing, walked to the training floor, and asked for reviews. Not one person gave us a no. Right. So it all comes back to the comfort of being on camera, yep. willingness to go do it. This is this is great information for you to to accelerate your business. Take this and run. Right. And I I would say to, to piggyback off of what you're saying, going, relaying this back to video. So not only is, so I'm going to tell you how Social Ally actually gets leads when it's not referred to from clients or, you mm-hmm. know, word of mouth. So like I said, number one is the Google reviews. We've never done any marketing. So that's the number one way. The number two way, once they see that Google review, they then visit our website. So what happens during the user journey of them visiting our website is there is a video of me on there talking about the benefits of social media uh, the future of social media, all these different things that people really aren't aware of or they don't think of. And so they watch this and it's an embedded YouTube video on my website. So they watch this video and the analytics show they actually watch this whole video, most of the visitors, which is super interesting. That means I've captured their attention. I've said something that they find value in. So what happens is they then watch this video. Then YouTube, I have YouTube set up so it prompts you to watch my next video. So what happens is people on average watch about four of my videos before Mm -hmm. they call the office. And that's what they say. They're like, we watched Natalie's XYZ interview and that's why we're calling. So they found us from the Google review and then they go to our website. They watch the video. They're drawn in because of whatever I'm talking about. You should go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) And then they end up calling us. And like I said, we do no marketing at all. That's very cool. Very good point. One thing I will mention is especially with gym owners with volume, when you have a lot of people coming and going in your business, the the clients that are going to leave bad reviews are going to do it without you asking because that's oh, their sure. way to justify the process, right? Like I need to be, I need to be heard. They go and blast you on, on a social media review or Yelp or Google or whatever. It's a lot harder to get the oh, yeah. five star. Why is that? It's, be, it's just the nature of human beings. So you're going to have to ask your clients to leave you five star reviews or just ask them to leave your review. That's I wouldn't That's say, hey, say make it a five review. star. I mean, obviously, assumptively, yeah. you would hope that they would understand that that means a five. That means a five star. <laughs> yeah. five, but right. and hopefully, you're right, asking the right clients. If you don't know the review that client's gonna be leaving you, don't, don't ask that client. You yep. sh- you, yeah, well, first of all, exactly. that says something about the relationship <laughs> with you and your client. <laughs> know that client better than you know. You, then you don't have to ask that question. Yep. Right. So you got to ask. That's the point here. So you got you got great reviews. People see you on search, local area, because you're, you're bubble up to the top. They go to your website. They see that YouTube video. It prompts to the next two or three, four videos. Obviously, you have lead capture somewhere built into that website, yep. right? Then, then what? Yeah, so 
What's interesting is they don't easily capture a lot. They actually pick up the phone cool. and call, Even which better. is very rare in, the, in yeah. these times. So I find that interesting. So then what happens? They call, you know, one of the girls answers and they do a little short discovery to see if this person is actually a good candidate to be a client. Then it gets passed on to the next phase of mm-hmm. discovery calls. But I want to address something. So you said something really interesting. You you made a comment about the people who may leave negative reviews. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is a really good point to bring up because I'm sure that we've all at one point experienced a disgruntled mm-hmm. person leaving us a negative review. Everybody Whether knows. we gr- agree with it or not, that person left it and it's harmful to our business. I've seen businesses go out of business on Yelp because of people leaving negative reviews, small yeah. business. It's crazy. Yep. So a lot of t- what I've seen over the years, which is the worst thing you can do, is a lot of times the business owner they get a negative review. They don't. Re- they take it very personally or emotionally, and they don't respond. Or they respond in a way where they come off extremely mm-hmm. defensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the worst thing that you can do is leave a negative review unresponded to. And I say that because when people, like I said, ninety-two percent of people are going to social media to go and you know see this business to see if they want to make a decision Mm -hmm. to buy, right? Mm -hmm. So when this person goes and they land on your your page where there is a negative review and they see that it's two years ago, this person left a negative review and the business did not comment back, that puts puts a negative mindset Mm -hmm. immediately in that consumer. And likely that consumer will not buy from you just because of the pure fact the business did not respond to that review and present their own case. Yep. As human beings, we all get in arguments. We all have different opinions. That's what makes the world go around. And so if and so if you get a negative review, calmly, mm-hmm. non-emotionally, mm-hmm. go and respond <laughs> to the review with some sort of resolution. So if you're a restaurant and someone said you had like really shitty food, <laughs> Go on there and apologize. You know, I'm sorry that the food wasn't to your liking. You know, I'd like you to give us another chance. Here's a $10 gift card or a free appetizer. Please come back in. So now, and so you're not leaving the, you're not leaving the, you're not leaving the respond. You're not leaving the response for the person that left the negative review. You're really leaving the response for all the onlookers that are going to hit your page and to clear the air so people know that you are a business of integrity and you care what your consumers yeah, think. Yeah, it comes down to caring, right? Right. I mean, it, we, every any business is going to make a mistake, right? There's, there's a million employees in, in that has their hand in it or something goes wrong. I mean, accidents happen. Things happen. Right. As a business, we would obviously prefer that client came to us and brought it to our attention. We live in a world where Yelp is everywhere and easy to use. Yeah. And passive you know, aggressive nature. It, yeah, exactly. And sometimes people are just uncomfortable having that face-to-face. So they do. They take it to social media because they want to be heard. Take ownership of the mistake in your business, regardless of whether or not it's social-facing or internal. But take that ownership. I like the fact of addressing it in a way that actually pivots and makes it a positive opportunity. Right. Now you're changing that mindset of that individual that's reading that negative comment. Mm-hmm. Same thing, we, we, we address the same thing with just social media posts. You know, businesses, yeah. well, they're great at the posts, but what about all the comments that are taking place? Exactly. You know, are you showing the fact that, okay, we, we brought some value to the marketplace. You've got some questions. I want to be here to answer those questions. Let's continue that relationship. That's a whole reason that stuff is there. Mm-hmm. So if you have, you know, if you're, if you're running advertisements or even just your regular posts and you're leaving comments going unheard, I think you're leaving that negative, you know, mindset. Yep. In the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Pro tip, respond to every comment. 
even with a even just with a like a, a emoji thumbs I mean, up thumbs up people thanks want, bro so people want to be heard that's why they're mm -hmm. on social media because they want to be a part of something bigger than them they want to be heard they want to engage so the, the best thing you can do for your business and your brand is engage engage that simple yep <laughs> So for the gym owner, I, I know you said, hey, some people use that uh, web web designer guy to be their social media person. Is it a good idea to have, and this is what we preach a little bit, it's, it's best not to, especially at the gym level, outsource your social media content post because they can't capture what the culture is inside of a small business, like your clients in the gym, taking pictures, being there. Um, should the... What, what's your thought? I know this is part of your business. Do you think it should be outsourced, the content, the posting, or from a gym owner standpoint, should it be them in the business being that, you know, the face? Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day -day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much, and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get to, into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week Profit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winningjim.com slash grow. And now back to the show. Yeah, I think that answers twofold. So I've had gyms as clients, right? And so it depends. It depends on the budget. It depends on a lot of different yeah. aspects. Now, if and so I, like I said, the answer is twofold. I do not think that you can hire someone in house that has ten given skill sets that an agency would, for example, have. No right? Way. Sure. Sure. I do think that you can hire someone in house to post you content and do the very basic stuff of social media. When it comes to lead generation and paid ads and remarketing and brand management and video production, all the graphic design, all those things, yeah. like I said, it's hard to get one person that encompasses that wide variety of skill set. Then that's when it becomes appropriate to outsource. For the sake of this question, let's say that you are insourcing, you have someone doing all of this. Yes, they can They can do that and they can post the content. They can take pictures around the gym and they can mm -hmm. post that content. Really, that's where it's going to stop though for you. If mm -hmm. you are serious about taking it to the next level, that's when you have to get someone else that's a professional and institute the, the business development piece of it the via strategy, paid ads, right. right? But I will tell you, like I said, I've had gym, gyms as clients. And yes, it's important to get the the consumers active in the gym, you know, portraying mm -hmm. the business in that way. So how we've done it in the past is we set up a shared Dropbox folder, a shared Google Drive folder. They then, whoever's in charge, the web person, the assistant, whoever, is in charge of taking all the, the photography around and whatever, videos of the clients, whatever it is, they then drop it into the, the shared Dropbox. Then mm -hmm. what happens is we go, we cut the video, whatever it is, or we go and create the image with a specific aesthetic style. So when you talk about Instagram, you want to stay consistency with your style and your filters or whatever the case may be. So mm -hmm. if we have a whole aesthetic thing going on our Instagram page and Joe Smith goes and posts some random picture. Doesn't fit. Oh, no. no, it doesn't fit. They just ruined the whole aesthetic of it. So we've dealt with cases in both scenarios 
like I said, it's a, it's, there's a time there's a, it's applicable. It's applicable to, to either. It's just dependent upon where that business is in their overall, you know, budget and long-term strategy for marketing. Yeah, definitely. Would you, would you take it one step further and just uh, maybe authenticity wins in that situation when budget and things like that are the true factor? You know, let's say they can't afford to outsource. I mean, quite frankly, a lot of the people that we work with, gym owner is still on the training floor, training full-time, you know, bare bones staff. So if they're forced to do it, let's say worst case scenario, right? Doesn't have the availability of outsourcing that. Does the authenticity of carrying the same people that they're going to see in the facility on social, does that help that buying decision? Does it help that client step into the facility because it's real, they're true, transparent? That person on the well, you know, like take it to like a franchise model. You know what I mean? If they're posting franchise photos 24-7, is that carry the same effect of knowing that or, or instead of doing that, they, they're posting actual true photos of their own facility with their own clients, with their own training staff. Does that way outweigh the perfect photo every time? I think so. I mean, personally, because you're talking about, yeah, corporate stock images yeah. all the time. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. I would never do corporate stock images. Yeah. I'm not into that at all. No. Got it. Got it. <laughs> that's not what I mean at all. No, no, no. no agreed. I just, I wanted to elaborate on that because that's a, that's a situation our clients are running into constantly. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were suggesting they need good quality content and they go to a, a corporate Dropbox and they're plucking just that type of stuff as opposed to getting uncomfortable or getting in front of a camera yeah. or showing their clientele or their training staff. People want to see local. They want to see the right. people that they're going to work with. Absolutely. And, and when, sure. you can, when you can get away from that, you know, that big brand feel and be real, there is a level of authenticity that comes with that. Clients and, and prospects relate to that. That's what they want to see. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be real. You have to be authentic. We're on the same. We're saying, yeah, we're, yeah, we're tracking yeah. on the same, same, same thing. We're saying the same thing. I will say, though, here's oh, a tip. Here's tip. a tip. Here's a tip. So before I came in here this morning, I went on Facebook and I just said like Scottsdale gyms. So it pulled up a bunch of gyms. So I saw a common denominator amongst all these Facebook pages. And that was, (laughs) there was a lot of posting about me, me, me. There was, you know, here's the boot camp that's today. Here's, you know, we're having a sale. We're having a special, whatever. Call it direct response style right. marketing. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of me, me, me. And and it's not about you. It's about, again, it's about providing value to your followers, right? If, if you're not providing value, they are not going to, to continue to follow you. So start to think about thinking outside the box. How are you going to give them value? We could, after this podcast, mm-hmm. you, could, you could literally take me to one of the machines for two minutes and you could walk me through an exercise on how to use a machine, for example. Yeah. I mean, that's providing sure. value because it's questions that you're getting. Absolutely. You could talk about your sneakers and- Like no. these Air Max ones? I mean, I they, they offer you support during- Check them, check them. Yeah. I those? mean, those are hot. Those are the, those are the, <laughs> the, the 19, OG. Those are the 87 Air yeah. Max ones. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she's, um, she's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> But uh, then another thing I saw was a lot of flyers. 87. We were born that year. Yeah, sorry. I was born in 86. <laughs> oh, so you, you got me. I'm an April baby, so just fine. Age. <laughs> I'm, I'm new 32. I'm the old man. Can you tell by the gray? Mm. Mm. Okay, but I want to give everybody a tip, guys. <laughs> okay. This is yes. important. Okay. Close, and then another thing. Yes. Let's do it. The another, another thing I saw was, was like a lot of flyers, and they weren't on brand. They were kind of just thrown together randomly by someone who may not be have the skill set of a graphic designer. So I want to give you a tip. 
when you're creating content or you're creating flyers for your gym or you're creating some type of promotion and you do not have the ability to have a graphic designer, the luxury of having one in-house or you don't want to pay to outsource it, go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Guys, there is so many cool, awesome, predetermined graphic design templates that you can throw your branding, you can throw your color scheme on there, your logo, and then, you know, it's drag and drop. You type all your flyer type of information in there. And now all of a sudden, you look extremely professional. You look like a graphic designer had just done this for you, and that's what you post. There's a tip. Start using Canva. (laughs) It's free. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) It's free. It's free. Yep. Yep. Yeah, when 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 it's my turn to do graphic design, I go to Canva. Tim's Canva. He, he's Photoshop I'm a Photoshop guy, guy but so. yeah, so. But, but not everybody but, has. I was gonna say twenty twenty years of Photoshop to barely yeah, scratch the surface exactly. of his capability yeah. versus an app that's gonna make it. You Boom. know, you don't have to have any and, experience yeah, with Canva. Yeah, jump at all. in and do it. Great, yeah, great points. Thank you for being here. So we talked about a, a ton of stuff: future social media, uh, the the appropriateness of different media platforms. Uh, we're trying to recap. We're talking about content, giving value versus buy my shit all the time. We talk about the constantly guys on brand, you know, shooting raw video versus, you know, meme style video cleaned up, not cleaned up. So tons of value, lots of great stuff. I appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Thanks uh, for having me. Guys. Yep, guys. All right. Till next episode, we're going to leave you with this. Keep changing lives. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Built to Grow podcast. And if you're not subscribed already, be sure to go ahead and click that button right now. And if you found value in this episode, I'd love it if you do me a quick favor and rate and review the podcast on the Apple Podcast app. See, this lets the platform know that I'm doing something right and people like the content. It would be a huge, huge help and I would be very grateful. Until next time, keep building something great and we'll see you on the next show.